Well, hello and welcome to the Orchard podcast. Hello, Rachel. Hello, Sissy. Looking beauts over there. Thank you. I have, actually, I just have to tell you, well, if you're not listening to this as a podcast, you won't benefit from this. So you might have to go and check out the YouTube channel. Little drop there. I, I bought this little number from Sainsbury's. You'll appreciate that, Amy. It's doing my grocery shopping. Saw this very nice, shop. very nice. Thank you. I'll have that. Sixteen pounds bargain, and I'm wearing it in defiance because Tim said to me that he thought it made me look like something from the set of The Handmaid's Tale. Do you know that, <laughs> that Margaret, that dystopian? Novel by Margaret Atwood for you literary buffs out there. So, and I'm what did you it. say? And I what said, "What did you say, Tim?" I said, "I'm going to wear it anyway. I really like it. Sixteen pounds for these breeze. You can't go wrong. I'm going to carry on wearing it. So, I'm wearing it in defiance. So, there you go. Anyway, so thank you. I appreciate you saying that I look nice. It's all very white collared in my home. It would not last that long. Yes, without some spaghetti on it or something like that. So that's true. I run that risk. You're right. Yeah. Well done. Okay, so. We could talk about outfits for the rest of the time, <laughs> but the um, the vision for the orchard is we, as you may have heard before, um, is taken from um, Jeremiah seventeen seven, where we want to be part of helping and facilitating for us all to um, to bear fruit in all seasons, and so we are hoping that that is what we're going to enable. We want to see um, women, including us, just become more. Um, in love for more in love with Jesus and follow him into all that he has um, for us and for you Um, and so we've been in a part of uh, these conversations these podcasts that Rachel and I have been um, having and we've been um, talking particularly around the fruit of the spirit so how do we sort of cultivate that soil that will bear fruit um, and uh, and what we lo- we talked about again last week what we love about this image is that you know you can't it's not about focusing on the fruit you can't make the fruit um, happen um, in your own strength it's not about accomplishment fruit's not about accomplishment um, but it's about um, what um, is happening is a byproduct of what we're um, what we're um, sort of trying to nurture ourselves how we're living um, and so that's some of the conversation that we're having at the moment um, and uh, and we talked about love last time we did uh, we did and this week we are talking about my friends we are talking about joy love joy if you know joy. the Galatians 5 passage the fruits the can you say them all of, I of think I could actually love joy peace <laughs> goodness gentleness faithfulness and self-control boom thank you well done well I'm done I'm gonna do it faster and faster each time I'm gonna challenge you <laughs> at the end of this series Amy we're gonna have a race and whoever can say the nine fruits of the spirit oh my goodness fastest is gonna win a jumper from Sainsbury's there you go brilliant there you go all for Tim all for Tim Tim. so we're looking at joy we're talking about joy today gonna have a little chit chat about joy uh second fruit of the spirit and I was thinking uh, we were talking about this earlier Ainsley weren't we that when we think about Jesus when we think about the person of Jesus actually I have to confess that I don't often connect the word joy with Jesus actually I realized sort of subconsciously I imagine Jesus to be kind of quite serious and quite earnest, you know? And actually, you were saying this, Amy, weren't you, that 
in reality, if you were there, like if you were around Jesus and he's doing all these yeah. amazing miracles and healings and da, 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 there would have been a lot of joy. And actually, I've been really enjoying the Chosen series. Uh, I know you've seen it too. And if you haven't, get it you have to oh my goodness it is amazing it's so a good yeah series like a, like a drama around the life of jesus i know that sounds awful but it is truly amazing and in it they depict jesus uh just i think brilliantly and jesus has a sense of humor in in the series <laughs> and he's like a little bit cheeky and it was such a fresh revelation to me like he exuded joy and fun and um, as well as all, of course, the other incredible traits. And it was just a, it was a revelation to me. Like, wow, Jesus mm. has a sense of humor. I love mm. that. I love the thought of that. Uh, but we're going to dig deeper into joy because, of course, joy is more than having a sense of humor. Joy is much, much deeper than that. Uh, it expresses itself through laughter and uh, and smiles and a, a sort of it, it does express itself through the way that we carry ourselves but it's this deep it's this deep fruit that mm. uh, we know the spirit wants to cultivate within us I love this there's a book by Kay Warren called Choose Joy which I would also really recommend I read it a couple of years ago and it's, it's a brilliant book and she writes this as a definition for joy which has been a really helpful uh, really helpful conversation starter for, for Amy and I and she says this, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. And the determined choice to praise God in all things. And Amy was talking at the beginning there about this idea of the soil and actually it, it, the fruit comes, like the fruit just comes when the soil is good, when the nutrients in the soil are cultivating the sort of the production of the fruit. And I think if we're thinking about joy, what 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 are the nutrients? What are some of the what are some of the attributes, if you like, of the soil that are going to produce this fruit of joy? And I think one of them has to be this idea of trusting that God is in control. Mm -hmm. That in itself will produce joy when we can come to a place that we trust that God is in control. And within that, we recognize that joy is actually a choice. You know, these things in life are going to happen to us like pain is not a choice. You know, struggle is not a choice, but joy is a choice. We, we mm. choose joy, hence the title of Kay Warren's brilliant book. And so, Ainsley, I want to hand back to you. What, what does it mean for you? How does this idea that God is in control, how does that produce joy in your life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it, just even as you were speaking, actually, um, it makes me think of um, tr having that distinction between happiness and joy. Um, and when I think of, I think when I think about happiness or the pursuit of um it's all around circumstance isn't it it's all around um I know certainly for me there's sort of that fleeting joy when I don't know when you eat something nice or you buy something or there was a happy moment or you know it's a it's sort of a it's based on circumstance um and I think what we get even getting at this sort of first idea of cultivating that soil is that the, that joy is something so much um deeper it's uh for me anyway it's like um it, it's 
it's birthed out of something so much more constant. Um, and um, and I and I think again, like you were saying, Rachel, for me, it's um, it's having um, knowing that I'm um, I'm part of something so much bigger mm. um, than myself. You know, trusting um, in in God who ultimately knows me better than I know myself, you know, has plans and purposes for my life that I don't know about, you know, and I couldn't imagine. Um, and so it's even, um, it's, it's that sort of surrender, isn't it? That, that sort of, um, I guess it's that posture of surrender and giving over life where we actually then find joy. Um, and it sounds so sort of counter to what we're told and you know it's like you know happiness is when you gain loads and you you know get more stuff or you look a certain way or or you have these perfect relationships and actually Jesus is like when you give yourself away when you give yourself to me when you surrender your all to me is actually where you find the most deepest content um because we weren't when we weren't um created to um to decide that stuff ourselves you know we were just designed to worship um and to give our all to the one who created us you're nodding a lot have you got some stuff to say yeah, on no, that right? I, I think that's absolutely and I think I, I was just reminded then of uh, something I read I think it was Simon Sinek on his Instagram he wrote something like if you want to be happy do something for yourself if you want to be fulfilled, do something for someone else. And he's kind of yeah. like inadvertently preaching the gospel. I don't think he's a Christian or a follower of Jesus, but you know, that is the heart that is within the message of the gospel, exactly that principle. And it, it does feel counterintuitive. That's the point, isn't it? And it certainly feels countercultural. You know, we yeah, live yeah. in a culture that just shoves this message, this narrative down our throats, which is if you want to be happy, make yeah. the world revolve around you you know get yeah. like exactly you're saying get more stuff do this do that make it about you mm. whereas actually the way god has designed it is if you want to find that deeper level that deeper contentment that deeper joy mm. flip it on its head you know start thinking about other people you know start serving mm. bigger vision something that's way beyond yourself and yeah. I think that is the secret, isn't it? That is the secret to joy. Yeah. And yet you, in order to get there, you do have to sort of push past counterintuition. You have to push past this sense of it being really counter-cultural yeah. in terms of, mm. yeah, the culture that we're in now. And I think that, I think there's a contentment that comes from knowing that yeah. God is in control, isn't there? Yeah. And maybe we're sort of straying into peace here. So we'll have to be careful because that's next week. Or next time, yeah. I say. But but I do. Oh, yeah, go on. on. No, go on. No, but I was just going to say, I I think that's why this is really good news, yes. um, because it isn't um, it isn't about us and what we, ha you know, sort of what we sort of achieve or or try and pursue as happiness. But there's a contentment. Um, there's a you know we talk even when you um, think about Philippians with Paul in prison he talks about this contentment and he's in prison you know so again it's so um, it, it's so counter to his circumstance his situation yeah. yet there's an there's an offer of contentment there's an offer of joy you know contentment and joy like you're saying is so closely related mm. um, and so it's it feels like really good news because you know. We all live in those times, you know, where that our, our circumstances aren't 
you know, ideal. Aren't <laughs> ideal? Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I was thinking, I know I'm going to try not to bring a little foster baby into every single episode, but <laughs> I can't help it because <laughs> she's my favorite, bring her on. She's my favorite subject. But honestly, I've been, and I, I say this not to make myself sound like amazing, obviously, <laughs> but like when I'm up in the middle of the night with her and I'm exhausted and knackered and, you know, I'd rather be asleep. Actually, I, there's this incredible sense of joy that, I mean, sometimes I just want to be asleep, but there are moments where I feel this amazing sense of joy because what I'm doing mm. is, has a bigger purpose, you know, yeah. and it's, and it's sacrifice, like it is sacrifice. I mean, it, it doesn't compare to Paul being in prison. I'm not going to make that comparison, but it's still yeah. costly. It still costs me. And yet it produces this joy, which shouldn't work, should it? On paper, it shouldn't work. Like what should work is spending my days in a spa with you, Amy. That should, and that would bring me joy. That really would bring me joy. Let's do that but, too, yeah. but if I did that every day, it wouldn't because these things are fleeting. And I, I do think this links into this sort of ties into yeah. a Warren um, quote that the joy not only comes from trusting that God is in control ultimately, mm. but also it comes from having that eternal perspective, doesn't it? Knowing yeah. that our time on earth is not, mm. it's not the, the be all and this is not the end. There is more. And I think that is one of the greatest challenges, I would say, as, as followers of Jesus, is to keep that eternal perspective and for that eternal perspective to influence the choices that we make now. I mean, that is massive, isn't it? But I think it also is the soil that produces the fruit of joy when we can really grab yeah. hold of an eternal perspective. Yeah. And know that uh, the battle is won. The battle, the yeah. ultimate battle is won and that death is not the end that we have an eternity which is going to be amazing, defined by joy. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, what does that mean in terms of how we pursue pleasure, I suppose? What what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, gosh, so many thoughts. Um, Yeah, I think um, just even when we were, you know, sort of going back to this kind of um, God in control and eternal, I think... um, I think there is, um, it, it, it goes against our desire to control. And I think, you know, we could sort of talk about some of the hindrances perhaps later, but, um, you know, some of the things that hinder um, joy in our lives. Um, and I definitely think it is, you know, sort of this, the idea of um, God being in control, it's, it takes our control out of the picture, you know, um, and I think that for me anyway, um, when I feel like I want to grip hold of my life or I want to try and squeeze it or control it or know, you know, but what's happening in five years? But but where will I live in? You know, all of those things that we all do, you know, there's such a um, I've just found such a freedom in um, trusting God's character in that way, you know, that that he really does, um, that he really is trustworthy um and just even with we think just sort of practically that you know it really is that um 
that moment where you go back to okay let's remember you know who who does God who does God say he is you know how has he showed up in my life how faithful is he uh, you know and it's sort of again pinning your trust back on um to God that I think brings such a deep contentment um and joy um and it's when you see that in other people isn't it that's what I think uh, when I see that being outworked in other people, and I'm thinking now of people that I have that deep joy, it it's enviable, isn't it? I mean, in the right the right sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, there, and I, I think it, again, as Christians, we should have a, a depth of joy that others look at and say, Yeah. You know how how have you faced that challenge? How have you faced that loss or that bereavement? How have you faced lockdown? How have you faced COVID? And yet you still have joy. You know, you, you mm. still exude a, and, and joy isn't just about positivity or optimism right. or, you know, yeah. d- denying that bad yeah. things happen. But I think it's, it's maintaining that, 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 uh, I guess, yeah, that outlook, isn't it? That eternal outlook that will express yeah. itself in a way that should be appealing to other people. Like, I want some of that. I want some of that, you know? Um, yes. I think it's important that you were talking about Paul in prison, this this link that the Bible often makes between joy and suffering. Like we see that in, the, in, in a few different places. I love it. I love Hebrews. Mm-hmm. I love Hebrews. And it talks about, you know, the, the, the bit where it talks about running the race. And talking about fixing our eyes on Jesus. And it says, you know, Jesus, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame. And for Jesus, he endured the cross because he knew that there was joy beyond it. Yeah, that's good. And that's Mm. it, isn't it? That we endure. It's not denying that there will be times of endurance. But yeah. we have that joy set before us. We have that joy set before us. And that informs, that doesn't mean that we grit our teeth, does it? There are some Christians that you're just like, come on, crack a smile. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Crack a smile. But actually, just because yeah. there's an eternal joy doesn't mean that there can't be joy now. Um, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And the, 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 the other thing is this connection between worship and joy this connection between thanksgiving and praise and joy uh which is also sort of connected in with that paul you know paul in prison he worships like that's that's one of the things that they do uh that again catches the attention of the guard and da, 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 all of that but the I, i've been really interested between uh, this connection between joy and gratitude as you know Amy, I am a huge Brené Brown fan. Love yes. Dr. Dr. Brené. We should call her by her proper name, proper title. And if you're if you're unfamiliar with the work of Brené Brown, let me encourage you to go and check her out either books, podcasts, audio books, YouTube, whatever. She's amazing. And she she's a researcher and she did a whole load of research a number of years ago. And uh, she basically identified this group of people that she kind of called the wholehearted people. Uh, I'm like, you know, summarizing (laughs) volumes of work here. So forgive me if I don't get (laughs) right. But essentially, she identifies this group of people called the wholehearted people. And uh, and these were like she interviewed thousands and thousands and thousands of people, just normal everyday people. 
And she worked out that these wholehearted people had these various different attributes, these different outlooks on life that she kind of identified within this group. Interestingly, a lot of them cross over with the fruits of the spirit. Mm, interesting. And what she noticed is that within this group of the wholehearted people, all of them had joy. All of them had joy. Mm -hmm. But what she noticed is that she didn't come across a single person that they interviewed in all the years of research who had joy that didn't also practice gratitude. Mm. Now, of course, not all of the people that, that they did in the, the research were, were Christians, were followers of Jesus, but there was this theme that connected joy with gratitude. I just thought that was so fascinating. Yeah. Of course, Jesus and the scriptures are way ahead of Brené Brown because <laughs> the scriptures tell us that we should choose Thanksgiving. We choose Thanksgiving even when the circumstances are difficult, even when times are challenging, we choose worship, we choose Thanksgiving because mm. it cultivates joy. And what was interesting about this research that Brené Brown did is that she had made the assumption that those people that had gratitude naturally kind of had joy. You know, that, 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 that she didn't immediately see uh, the link between them. She says this, I went into the research thinking that those who were joyful would therefore automatically be grateful, that gratitude is a byproduct of joy, but actually it's totally the other way around. Those that practice gratitude, that make it a discipline, experience yeah. joy. And so it's like joy is an outworking of worship, because of, of course worship is ultimately thanking God for who he is mm. and what he has done in our life. I just thought, I don't know what you think about that, Ames, but I just found that like, wow, we have to choose yeah. joy. Sorry, yeah. we have to choose Thanksgiving yes. because yeah. it's the soil. It is the soil that produces joy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, yes and amen. <laughs> I mean, I'm interested though for you, Rachel, um, you know, just trying to make this really practical because that's such a great, because I know, I don't know about you, but in our home, it's like, you know, come on, you know, kids, what are we grateful for today? You know, we get them to sort of say, you know, things that they're grateful for. I'm just wondering for you in your life, um, how do you, how have you practiced? What does that look like for you um, to practice gratitude? Yeah, I mean, I think it is worship. I think it can, I think that's, that's the ultimate, I would see that as the ultimate expression of Thanksgiving, yeah. worship, but you know, it's choosing to put that worship CD on. I mean, CD, gosh, I'm so out of date. <laughs> <laughs> Open up my app. What's the app called? Pop, pop, what is it? Cassette tape. I can't, yeah, get my cassette tapes out. Uh, cutting edge, delirious, you know, <laughs> back in the day. Martin, well, I appreciate Hell yeah. Um, no, I think it's worship. It's choosing to worship, isn't it? That's the that's the starting point. And then I, yeah, think, it, I think it's also just... Yeah. Noticing the small things, isn't it? Is valuing and, and giving thanks for the small things. It, it's kind of cheesy. It feels a bit sort of fridge magnet esque, doesn't it? <laughs> but I think that is it, it, it is, God, I just want to thank you. Yeah. Thank you that I have health in my body today. Thank you for my mm. kid. Thank you for my mm. husband. Thank you for the roof over our heads. You know, that yeah. and so it, it it sounds a bit twee, but if we choose it it then reframes our thinking um, yeah. 
And I mean, we, you were saying, weren't you, Ainsley, that we, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that sort of if, if, if you know, if trusting that God is in control, if, uh, if having an eternal perspective, if choosing worship and thanksgiving, if they're all the soil, mm. of the, um, if they provide the soil that then produces this fruit of joy, what are the things that are sort of ripping ne- the nutrients out of the soil, if you like? And I think the first one for me has to be comparison. And interestingly, I think this is connected to Thanksgiving because I think often comparison can be the very first thing that it becomes the antithesis of Thanksgiving because we see somebody that we deem to be better than ourselves and it almost like stops the Thanksgiving in its tracks because it's like, I want to be like them. I... I don't have enough or I am not enough. I want what they've got. Do you see what I mean? And it sort of moves mm-hmm. into greed and coveting to a degree. Um, and yeah. that is something I have to watch so much for me. Uh, it's just prevalent again in our culture, isn't it? It's, uh, it's just, just second nature mm. to compare ourselves to other people. I'm sure you never do that. Amy. <laughs> no, never. Never, never. But yeah, no, I agree. It is the, you know, it, it's the weeds, like you're saying, that choke. Um, yeah, I mean, what, again, I, you know, I think you summed it up really well. Um, I think one of the, just again, something that's really helped me um, in this sort of area of comparison, um, particularly when it comes to, um, you know, sort of inadequacy or feelings like, oh, uh, surely, you know, get someone else to do that, you know, or I can't, you know, I can't do this or, you know, I won't speak in this particular circumstance or this meeting or whatever. Certainly for me, it's like, don't speak up because everyone around you has got something better to say Mm -hmm. um, in that sense of comparison. Um, And I just really felt, um, you know, sort of few years back now, um, just just that um, scripture that came to my mind um, was all are equal at the foot of the cross um, and and with that um, for me whenever I would enter into a comparison or when I would enter into it, you know some of that sort of bad self-talk or that sort of inadequacy or whatever it is um, I would just say you know all are, all are equal at the foot of the cross we all are going to be on our knees before Jesus you know it isn't about sort of looking side to side um but it's it's about oh you know I you know who what do you you know what do you say about me it's like we're all side by side in that sense um and that's particular that might be a particular element of comparison um I know that it manifests itself in so many different ways um but yeah for me that helps I think that's good. And I think there are some practical things as well, aren't there? Like for me, social media is a breeding ground for comparison. I have to be really careful who I follow um, and how frequently I look at social media and those sorts of just really, really practical things so that it doesn't fuel that comparison and therefore rob me of Thanksgiving, which is going to produce joy. Uh, I think, you know, again, if, if, if comparison, if, if coveting, uh, if this sort of desire to consume, if greed is is the things that rip the nutrients, the weeds, like you were saying, then I also think idolatry is another thing that can mm-hmm. rob joy, yeah. steal joy in, in our lives or, or, mm-hmm. or get, get in the way of us producing it as a fruit. Yeah. We talked a little bit about this 
last time in the context of yeah. but I was chatting yeah. to um, a friend of mine who's a, a counsellor and uh, I was I was having a, a sort of a deep, deeper meaningful with her and was saying actually to be honest I I've experienced real temptation this last week to uh to sort of to pursue certain ways of thinking um that I feel like I have broken free from a long time ago you know certain control mechanisms that I have I've, I've really found freedom from over the years and I was talking to her about it and and she was saying you know actually I should say at the time of recording this we're still in lockdown and she was saying that because we're all famished you know we're in lockdown we've had all of the things that feed us stripped mm. away we're all famished we're starving we're starving for the things that feed us good and bad and so she was saying we're at a time where actually addiction is going to be rife and in mm. christian terms you know idolatry is going to be rife because we're going to be grabbing onto we're going to be feeding on these sort of junk food scraps anything that is gonna help us to feel like we're able to control the environment around us so yeah. it will be old control mechanisms as i was saying it will be insecure old insecurities old addictions that will will feel either just a temptation towards or full-blown you know full-blown full sort of step back into them and I was saying, I think, when the context of love, that for me, I have to sort of lay down. I have to, like, kill the idols in my life. I have to kill them. And I know for me, when I put certain things on the throne above Jesus, it yeah. robs me of joy. It robs the joy out of my life because you come fixated. There's that C.S. Lewis quote that says, you know, idols will always break the hearts of their worshippers because unless it's Jesus on the throne... Mm. it's not going to produce joy in our lives yeah. and yeah. it's something that I have to just what I have to just I'm going to tear down that idol tear down the idol of beauty tear down the yeah. idol of success tear down the idol of whatever it might be put yeah. Jesus back on the throne uh yeah. I, you know yeah <laughs> yeah no I just you know I think um I don't know even for some maybe who are listening in some ways it that sort of can feel like really hard work I think sometimes when you talk about you know ripping down idols and um it can feel like oh but I'm all I'm just so exhausted um I'm losing this battle you know I don't know whether even some might feel that um and I just even as you were speaking it, it it's it's sort of going back isn't it to that um to the simple practice of um of surrender we talk about surrender a lot but that practice of um getting really honest with yeah. god um and and saying you know god i i i i'm not coping in this area i i am i am fixated on this particular thing i'm battling with this thing um lord come it's like open it up like allow it to sit on your on your, in your hands and say, God, I, I need you to come into this. I, I, I'm, I'm offering it to you. I'm giving it to you. Um, and certainly in my experience, some of the things the, you know, like you're saying that the, the things that I put above God or the control mechanisms, whatever they are, um, once I've had the, the courage, because it takes great courage to yeah. give them, to open them up and say, I need your help in it, or I, I offer your, I offer it to you. Come 
into this space, come into this darkness. Um, I have found, and I, I, you know, I can testify to God just beginning to just shed light onto um, onto this stuff, and and really bring about His plan on how to walk it out, um, as opposed to us feeling like, ah, oh, God, you know, how can I get? How can I fix it? How can I get out of it? Yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, I just, yeah, I don't know whether that even might help someone who um, is particularly, yeah, just feeling in that battle is feeling really stuck at the moment. Because I think inviting him into it, bringing the light into that place. Um, when we spoke about last week that shame just, you know, shame would want us to, you know, to run away from God with some of that stuff. Yeah, that's right. That's um, right. Because when I think when those control mechanisms kick in, um actually they they not only rob us robbers of joy yeah and it's i think it's interesting with control and fear that they're you know because i've put down in scribbling a few thoughts you know fear robs us of joy in fact that's something that i say to my my yeah a lot because one of my kids can be quite uh can be quite anxious and if they're about to sort of try a new experience they can often almost want to sort of withdraw from stepping into a new experience or taking a risk yeah. because they're afraid. And I'll say to them, you know, are you going to let fear rob you of joy? Because you know that joy is on the other side of this, mm. this new experience, whatever it might be. Mm. Um, but you're letting this wall of fear stop you mm. from, from walking into joy. Yeah, I, I again, I imagine that there are people watching this and I've been there as well myself where I've let control like I've spoken about this before, but I went through a phase where I was really controlling around food. And I there were times where I would allow control to yeah. rob me of joy in the context of my whole family are enjoying. I mean, this is a really banal example, but it's a very real everyday example. You know, our whole family, are, uh, we've gone out and we're all going to have donuts. And I will, because I'm in a controlling place, because for whatever reason, I'm afraid, I'm, a, I'm a fearful, I'm feeling out of control, I need control. And so I'm putting control around food. I'm like, no, I'm going to opt out of having that donut or whatever. Yeah. Um, because it makes me fall in control. And yet I'm robbing myself of what mm. would actually be just a really nice, joyful experience with my family. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, as I said, you know, pretty banal example, but I I have to watch that. I have to watch yeah. that. Like, am I going to let fear and control rob me of mm. joy? Uh, mm. And, you mm. know, you mentioned shame. That's what I was thinking, actually. And then what happens is you then feel ashamed because you think, oh, I've done it again. I've done it again. I've let that control, I've let the fear get in the way, and now I feel ashamed of it. And so then I'm just going to stay away from God because if I know if I get close to God, he is going to – and I've had this really recently, as I said, this sort of temptation to control has reared its ugly head again. Mm. I'm like, I'm going to sort of just keep my distance from God because I know if I come close to him, he's going to make me confront this because he loves me so much. He doesn't want me to live in the prison of this control mm-hmm. because it robs mm. me of joy. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's right. I think that's why it takes great courage to expose this stuff to God, because ultimately it it's it's the way that we think we're, we're safe. Yes. You know, control lies to us and says, oh, this is how you're going to stay safe. And if you give that up, 
you're at risk, you're vulnerable, you know, you're open to whatever, you know, whatever your fear is, you know. Um, and so that's the that's where it takes great courage. And I think sometimes it starts with, you know, I recognize this idol in my life. I recognize this addictive, you know, pattern or whatever it is. And, you know, maybe the first prayer is, God, give me courage to to open my hands with this um just even as the first point of you know what I mean and that sort of goes against the yeah like you're saying with shame to to run away um but it's like the first step forward is saying I, I'm telling you this is an issue I'm not ready to go there because I'm really afraid to go there because we're in a relationship with God. This isn't a, this isn't transactional. This is relational with a father that loves you more than you can possibly imagine, is incredibly patient with us. So we can say, this is what's happening. Give me courage. Give me, um, you know, give, give me, um, yeah, courage to, to walk forward and to, to begin to give you this stuff. Um, That's great. Yeah. And I, I think the the other thing that Shane and I, I we're going to wrap up, aren't we, in a second? Yeah. But I think the other thing that that shame does is it it feeds us the lie: I'm not worthy of joy. I think yeah. some people that's that's the weeds is that, that maybe they've been I don't know like life has thrown some really nasty stuff at them, and you begin to sort of fall into this this lie I'm just not worthy of experience enjoy and that can sort of produce almost like a scarcity mentality can't it even yeah. like a self-pitying account it can always move yeah, it's into a protection yeah, yeah exactly actually I love I love this quote it says the walls we build around us to keep sadness out also keep joy out and yeah. actually, that's something that Dr Brené Brown talks about this numbing effect that we these control mechanisms these addictions they they numb they numb us they sort of like you were saying they sort of uh keep a lid on uh, on our fears essentially but the problem is they numb everything they don't just numb the bad stuff they numb the good stuff as well mm. and exactly what you're saying is it's the courage to go to god and just even just lift the lid a tiny bit mm. or just release release actually yeah. Danny Strickland has this these these prayers that she does and she talks about this really simple prayer where you sort of hold, hold your hands tightly like this before God and you just physically like release your hands. Like, mm. I'm letting go. I'm giving you everything. I, I've, again, it seems sort of so simple and a bit twee, but it, it's, it's, it's so really good. powerful. It's really powerful. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have rattled around the houses of joy. And um, <laughs> I, think, I think a really good place to end is, is to acknowledge like we did at the beginning that, and hopefully as we've sort of reiterated all the way through really, is that this is mm. the gift of the spirit. And actually this mm. is where you were saying this as well, that, that this is the difference between religion and relationship. Religion would say, I've got to do X, Y, and Z to produce this fruit. You know, Mike Pilavachi mm. has this very famous talk where he talks about the trees. You can hear them all <laughs> <"Ugh!" laughs> yeah. use the fruit. And that's religion, isn't it? Like, I've got to stick to all these rules and regulations. If I do all of this right, if I get all my ducks in a row, then whoop, out will pop the fruit. But actually, that's religion. Relationship says, come close to me. 
come close to me, abide in me. It's the tree again, isn't mm. it? Abide. abide in me. And as we abide in him, as we keep coming back, keep coming back, keep coming back to the source, as we allow yeah. the spirit to fill us, the fruit comes. Yeah. The fruit comes. Yeah, absolutely. So we should absolutely. pray, shouldn't we? Let's pray. I need more. I need more. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, Holy Spirit, um, we just thank you for your presence we thank you that um, you never leave us nor forsake us, that we trust that you are in our midst, that you are um, sat with us now, wherever people are right now, that you are there and that your, um, that your arms are always outstretched to take our load, Lord. And I pray, um, Holy Spirit, would you um, come and would you... Um, would you touch every single um, person that is watching this now? Holy Spirit, would you um, come really close and would you um, show yourself your intimacy, your intimate self now? And just as Rachel um, was saying, let's just hold our hands and you might um, just as even as you've been listening to um, to us speak um, it might be that something very obvious that you know has got a grip on you in some way, um, some sort of um, a, idolatry of any sort or um, a, an addiction or a way of thinking or something you just know God is just, you know, sort of prodding a little bit. And so let's just um, even just imagine that, that that thing is in, in your hands right now. So maybe you just close your eyes and just just sort of um, even visualize that thing. I just think also it might be that people need to repent as we do. Mm. You know, it's powerful. We, it might be that you just need to say, "I'm really sorry. I, I repent of dot dot dot, whatever it might be." It's good. Yeah. So maybe whenever you're ready, you might just want to release your um, your hands, just as a um, just a way of opening that thing up to God to allow His light to come and shine on it. And so wherever you're ready, just um, just open that up to the Lord. And you might want to just sort of say your own prayer. Thank you, God. And so, Father, we, you know every single person and you know what has um, gone on in um, every person's heart right now. Mm. Um, and I just pray, Lord, that you would come. Would you bring breakthrough yes, into these things? Would you bring release? Would you um, bring light into these dark places, God, even the hopelessness that nothing will change? I pray, Jesus, that you would bring hope today, bring breakthrough in Jesus' name. Yeah. We just pray that you would break the power of addiction in Jesus' name. Yes, God. Break the stronghold of control, Lord. Break the power of it, Lord. For those that have been living under control, uh, just giving into those control mechanisms for so long. We just pray in Jesus' name, break the stronghold. Mm. We also pray that you would break 
the power of shame in people's lives right now. That yes, Jesus. spirit would speak words of life and affirmation and truth into people's hearts right now. In Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. 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 Thanks for being with us. Always a pleasure. And uh, we shall see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye.